everybody, and a welcome back to another season of Hooked on Hitchcock. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my co-host... Oh, G. Larry Butler. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, G. Larry Butler is back. I don't... I'm I'm surprised. Uh, he, he said, "Sure, I'll 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 come back and and do it for another season, and we'll we'll see what craziness we have uh, in store for you guys then uh, for the rest of the season." But until then, we also have a special guest here today, which I think is a new thing we're going to definitely try to do is get special guests for each episode this season. But we got Mark D. Valenti here. How you doing, Mark? I am fabulous, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. You are very welcome, and, and I'm very excited to have you here. Um, we're, you, you've been on this show before, right? Yes, actually, we uh, reviewed, I think, The Trouble with Harry, I think was the last The one Trouble with Harry. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, love the, I love the Hooked on Hitchcock uh, thing you guys do. I'm actually very excited to be participating in this. Thanks I for know. that. I know, and, and I had to pick a movie that was sort of psychological and sort of messed up that I thought you would really get a kick out of. Um, and I, were you familiar with this movie before? Like, uh, yeah. Mark, did you like watch it before? So I was familiar with it. I saw it decades ago. So I rewatched it. Um, I have some thoughts on this movie, which we're going to share. I know, but um, it was a good pick. I think uh, it just brought up a lot of um, thoughts in my head. So we can definitely talk about that. Well, the movie we are talking about, because I, I forgot to mention that, and this is a podcast, so generally verbal is probably the best thing to do. Uh, it is Rope, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, which uh, you know we'll, we'll definitely get into a lot more. Another Jimmy Stewart movie, because we actually ended the se- last season on uh, Vertigo, so it's interesting to go. But he's sort of, uh, Jimmy Stewart's been in like five Hitchcock movies or something like that, like a good amount four or five so mm-hmm. uh we had to we had to try to get them you know at least one you know in there or whatever um per season um so uh larry were you familiar with this movie not at all but i've read a little bit about it you know be uh, he and uh, hitchcock got in a little tiff over this one mm-hmm. because uh james stewart said uh you know, this is a this is the stage play, actually. And he says, why don't we just sell tickets so we could have an audience in here? And uh, so Hitchcock didn't take that very kindly. But anyway, uh, I guess it was met as a, a morbid little joke. But well, you know, it is. So I I, I read there's a book uh, that I recommend for people who are big Hitchcock fans called uh, Hitchcock Truffaut. Um which is Hitchcock speaking with uh, Francis Truffaut uh, about his career. It's all interviews and stuff. And we'll get into some specifics because there are some things I'd love to read from this um, that are really, that Hitchcock himself is explaining how he did the movie, which is pretty neat. Um, Almost kind of like the audio commentary without it being audio. Um, So anyway, uh, in this book, he kind of really talked about how uh one of the things he talked about was how it was a play you know mm-hmm. and they were wondering how can they make it stay like the play without doing you know it uh without doing dissolves or not doing fades or anything cutting whatever and so he thought of the idea of doing one long continuous take and everything and 
I think he was the first person to ever do that. You know, but he actually cheated. It was uh, there was ten breaks because the mm -hmm. film ran out, and they had to shoot somebody's back and then go from the back onward. So he kind of uh, you know tricked everybody. It wasn't yeah. one continuous take. Well, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's in like today they can do that because uh, generally speaking, if you can get an hour and a half of video. You know, you could probably do a whole movie or whatever in one continuous take. I would never do that because that requires a lot of time and yeah, practice. It's, it's stressful to try to achieve it. Yeah, I would never do it, but I'm not the master. There have to be a lot of improvs because somebody's going to drop a line somewhere along the line. Exactly. The, the play appealed to Hitchcock's sense of the macabre and, and fascination with situations involving dead bodies, the inconvenience of dead bodies. That's another reason why he experimented with this. To but, go back uh, to the trouble with Harry. <laughs> yes. There's, yeah. There's a lot of that sort of thing in his movies. Well, and, he uh, has a lot of themes that he does. And the biggest theme being that uh, he likes the idea of the perfect murder. And we've talked about this before, uh, Larry. Yes, yes. definitely. The, the the smug killers, or at least one of the killers, thought that they could uh, get away with it, commit the perfect murder. But he was a little too smug and too arrogant and too careless. And he got caught. Yeah. So, Literally, all you would have to do is tell the guy, no, you can't come up. <laughs> and then that would have solved the whole, like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we are about to leave. But thank you, right. you know. He got thing. too close to the cliff and he fell over. So, right. yeah. So anyway, but uh, that happens to people like that. Well, I think they're smarter than everybody. Exactly. Uh, how about you, Mark? How would you like, you know, if you had to describe this story to somebody, how, how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's interesting, right? I was watching this and I was actually making a political sort of um, analogy to this, right? I mean, I think there's a certain subset of our population who says, we are better than everybody else. We are the ones who can make decisions for everybody else. So I look at these intellectuals and um, there's a um, economist called Ludwig, Ludwig von Mises who talks about um, the anti-capitalistic mentality. And he talks about intellectuals uh, and actually I just played an intellectual in this last movie. It was Scott Sanford out there in, in Portland, by the way, um, who are like think they're better than everybody else and that they can make decisions for everybody else, right? So I got like that sense of these, was was the guy's name Brandon? Was that the guy's, the main- Brandon the main, and Philip. Right, Brandon, right, who, Brandon and Philip, right, who are like, I am better than everybody else. I can make a decision for everybody else. I choose to decide who lives and dies. So I think it was an interesting perspective on Brandon. Um, and, and again, I, I equate it to this sort of, um, intellectualism to say like i know better than everybody else and i can make decisions for everybody else based on um because i am so smart and this is what i can do so i think it was an interesting so i was looking at it not just like this murder but just this sort of almost pompous approach to say that these people have decision making ability over everybody else and can decide who lives and dies in that in that case exactly yeah that uh, the professor also espoused the same theory um, because he thought that uh, people that are intellectually superior uh, of a privileged class, it's their duty to punish those that are inferior by 
murdering them. Actually, they deserve the punishment. And uh, it's kind of a nihilistic philosophy. And I know, Mark, you deal with a lot of psychology, so I knew you'd really zero in on this. This is this is right up your alley. So this sort of thing, it's kind of a sociopathic point of view. Yeah. Some people deserve to die. And uh, who better than we who are intellectually superior to do it? So Great call out. Yes, you are correct. That's yeah. right. Which is great because I love how they got the old, the older man, um, the father of the guy that the the boy they killed, to be the sort of audience, you know, view of yeah. like the people in the audience going, "Well, that's not right. That's not a cool thing to do. Don't don't do that," you know, and uh, and and the whole time, uh, because there's a one the, my favorite scene in the whole movie. Really, I mean, there's a couple of really great scenes, but my my favorite scene is them talking about the uh, the nihilistic, you know, uh, I'm we're better, you know, whoever's better than whoever gets to make these decisions and everything, and uh, and and so how J- uh, James Stewart's character, the professor, is agreeing with Brandon the whole time, and everybody, well, other than maybe Philip, but everybody else is like. Okay, this is this is getting morbid, you know. There, there's yeah. like one great line where he says, uh, this is you know, um I, I'm you know, the, this is morbid uh humor. I'm not you know That's happy right. with this. And, and the guy says, Oh, I'm I'm sorry your humor the uh, you've found the humor to be morbid or something. Like he wasn't yeah. planning it to be humor, humorous. He was planning it to be serious like he seriously thought that these people everybody should die you know um who isn't isn't of that class i guess like who is inferior and uh and that was david's father who said that mm -hmm. he said i I just find the whole thing repulsive and and he says do you seriously suggest that we should start murdering people. And then I think Rupert, the professor said, well, we'd have a certain season for that, you know? And he, <laughs> I think he said right. that, said that in jest, you know, like right. deer hunt, you know, we're going to have issue licenses and permits. And, and so uh, we'd have a certain season. And then he said something else too, but I forgot what it was. He it said, was about uh, the, it was it about the there was like a week and it was gonna be like yeah yeah strangulation week well no strangulation day but there was also like cut of cut of throat week or something <laughs> right yeah yes. I, I mean somewhere yeah it was um, it was almost for like a precursor to the purge right I mean that's what I was thinking of watching yeah that. you know what if Alfred Hitchcock was around he probably would have directed the purge honestly right. you know yeah, and mean, the whole thing is a diabolical joke. They have a malicious sense of humor, but mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, you can sense that the professor doesn't really uh, totally believe in what he's saying. He does it in theory, but not in action. He doesn't actualize it, whereas right. Brandon does. He takes the right. extra step, and which repulses the professor. And there they say, oh, here it is. Cut a throat week, strangulation day. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cut a and, throat uh, week, man. I'm just like, really? <laughs> Oh God! David's father, my God, the guy they killed is in the in the chest, but, and his father. Oh my God! I mean, how malicious can you be? I know, but here here's my big question about 
like the idea of a and and Mark, I'd really like to hear your thoughts because of the the, the psychoanalysis kind of thing. But like, like how would they ever? decide like would there be a test or something that you would decide whether or not somebody is superior to somebody than than those that are inferior would it have to be more accolades more uh the person would have to graduate for more uh, with that higher prestige like what what could possibly show that because yeah. he says like basically you know he asked like why did you kill david like, why is he inferior yeah. to you guys, you know, right. right? And why was he inferior? He, I don't think he was. He was in the same class. Yeah, I, I think it's subjective, right? I mean, I think it's it's like any other thing, right? I mean, as human beings, I am a huge proponent of um, the subjective theory of value, which means that we all make decisions to improve our lives or decrease the negatives in our lives. And, like, so I made, like, eat a hamburger because I actually feel slightly better about eating hamburger than like not eating hamburger. Um, and I think that it's just, I think we're, if, if such a system were to come up where we decided who was better, who was worse, I think it would all be based on subjective uh, perspective. Yeah. I don't think there's a way to do that effectively. I, well, you know. in every group, in every group of friends, Mark, we'll see if you believe this. Uh, there's a pecking order. Yeah. And some people feel more superior than others. So they decided, well, he's a low man on the totem pole. Let's get rid of him because he's not quite as smart as us. Just a smidgen off. And so, you know, it's always like that, it seems like. That's right. Yeah. We're, as human beings, we are, you know, fallible. Like we have our own things. That it, it, it's just it's just interesting. It's, it's just, it's, so I think like in politics and government and all of this, I think, and, and Jonathan, in the, in the case you're, you're trying to outline there, I think we can set it up on paper, but in reality, it would be fallible, just like human beings are fallible. Right. Know? No, I totally agree yeah. because, like, you can't you can't say, okay, well, let's let's take politics for example. Like, the president right. is probably gets paid more, you know, than somebody that works for him, right? So people would assume because he gets paid more, has a higher, you know, has more mortgages, has a bigger house, has whatever, that he's superior to his uh, inferiors, the people he works with. Right. So in that response, he could kill his, uh, you know, he could kill his um, uh the people he works with right. because right. he is superior to them. However, what if one of them got a job that, that, you know, all of a sudden they became a movie star Would they be, and they got more money than their, their president Would they, could they in turn, you know, be the person, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what makes it. And, and so that makes me go, there's no way they could ever do that because people can't base it on wealth or, yeah. uh like intellect well, really you know right what's it based on right is that the amount of uh what you give back to society is that intellect is it money like yeah it, yeah it'd be very hard to quantify that is there a sure. sat test you <laughs> could take and then you can find out okay these people are inferior these people are <laughs> superior so they can Maybe. go and kill i mean that's why i liked the movie the purge because there was no there was no like this class was allowed to kill this class. It was literally 
whoever wants whoever wanted to do it could do it and they only had this amount of time to get it done you know or whatever and so that's how it would literally have to be sadly or not sadly i mean very very happily that it's you know the you know like that this does not exist in this world right now and but it very well could we it's scary to think like that's where at some point we're just going to be like you know what there's it's just too much overpopulation and they even mentioned that there's you know um uh, unemployment and all these this would solve problems because there's too many people running them up right right Right. larry (laughs) absolutely yeah i think that uh uh there's just so much contempt for humanity and the problem with politics is people because like brandon said i'm a creature of whim and so when you mix that yeah. into the mix with the politics it screws it all up yeah it doesn't work like a swiss clock it's all it the subject to whims whimsy that's it right just, so it just you know it was I'm always, oh, even, oh, I was going to use this example earlier, and I was afraid to say it because of politics. But you remember what Trump said? I could kill somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. So that's a perfect example of a sociopath in government. And so everybody started, <laughs> stop talking. Oh, well, so I mean, just want no. to throw it in there because it's a perfect example. He's one of them who thinks yeah. he can get away with anything. So... I mean, I, I heard through what, and I'm probably getting in trouble for this, uh, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, you know, I've heard what it was. I watched that that show about Scientology and stuff, and they said some stuff about John Travolta, like he can get away with a lot of stuff that, yeah. you know, because he has more power, he's more higher up on the, uh, whatever the the rungs yeah. of that ladder and stuff, and that's, I mean. That is crazy that we can kind of live in a world where more people can get into a lot more trouble and can do a lot more stuff because that's what, you know, that's what society sort of allows, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. They're dirty little secrets. Uh, they're, they're, have you seen the commercials they're running now for Scientology? Mm. And they're trying to come get me to come back and do their their industrial film. Oh, no, 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 no. Get, get away. <laughs> oh, I, I know. They even asked me by name. Sheila, wow. come back and oh, they want they want you. <laughs> oh God, I did two things for them years ago, and when I went FICOR, but now I won't touch them. And I, yeah. I know they're, they're, I could tell you stories, but that we're getting off the yeah, agenda. And then let's let's get off that because they are they don't of like course. stories being told about no, them. We won't tell the stories about them. But but here's an interesting note. You know that Hitchcock's been in a lot of cameos for his films. Did you know mm-hmm. that he was in this one? Yes, I did. No. Oh, you would. I just spoiled my surprise. Where was he? I, I'm surprised. Where was he in the, in the film? Well, he was in a background uh, 55 minutes into the movie uh, of a red flashing neon sign of his profile. So it wasn't oh. him per, per se, but it was uh, a likeness of him. So if you look I at thought, it, oh I looked it online and it. you could barely tell. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. Even... I did not see it. I had to read this, but I was like, oh, I didn't see the movie a second time. But anyway, I'm going to go look for it. Um, so anybody, anybody wants to see this movie, you can get it for free. I Where? found a way. It's called uh, Internet 
archive. It's put out by Warner Brothers. God bless Warner Brothers. And uh, they, they say, there's no catch. We just want to do this because we enjoy good movies and we want you to, too. So Interesting, just, because this is archive. a universal release. <laughs> I I was choking on the 395. I had to pay for, you know, the, the movie. And I said, I'm not doing it. So, you know, for Amazon Prime. And I thought, there's got to be another way. So yeah. I figured out a way. It wasn't on Tubi or anything like that. But it is on Internet Archive. And they do oh. a lot of other movies for free, too. No I, commercials, no catch, nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, I bought the uh, Blu-ray, so <laughs> I have it. Well, um, you have it, right. But I just didn't want to spend the money, but I didn't yeah. have to. But uh, thank God for that. But anyway, but um, this is a... Yeah, what did what did you think uh, overall of the movie? Did you agree with some of the people who thought it was his worst thing he's ever done? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was okay. I wouldn't say it was the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> um, it was okay. I was, I was, I was engaged in watching it for the purpose of discussing it with you two tonight. But like, would I have watched this on my own? I don't know. I mean. I get the whole play mentality, right? Like, which is like you're watching a play and it seemed like yeah. it's that. I had questions yeah. about Jimmy Stewart's character, um, Rupert, or whatever his name was. Like, he seemed very much motivated and diving right in there to try to figure everything out. So I had questions about that. I don't know about you all, but I think that was probably something that took me a little bit away from it. Like, all of a sudden, he was very motivated to figure all this out. And I was wondering what that was about. Well, I, I think it's because he didn't understand why he was invited to this thing you yeah. know like this wasn't you know i mean and and the people that they had i mean they had uh this guy kenneth who was their their friend as well and who was who had dated janet and right. i think it was janet right and then janet had, was engaged to david who was murdered and everything and put in the trunk which i thought was just fucking hilarious that they would they would just I, I, i'm like and one thing i thought of to myself was wouldn't you smell a little bit like even if it's just two hours or so after yeah her, like when they just start going something doesn't smell right nobody said anything you know right. um yeah you know. maybe that's why philip didn't want to eat the the pate and then janet <laughs> said how queer <laughs> I thought, why don't a double entendre? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, because they were. I mean, this was uh, one of the one of the first like movies, yeah. kind of showing homosexuals, like, exactly. but not really, you know. Well, like, it was based on the life of Leopold and Lowell, the two yeah. uh, homosexual murderers. So it, it it had to have that, but they they dealt with it very gently. They didn't, but, uh, yeah. You don't see them like kiss, you don't see them hold hands, no. you know. Like, no, there's no, there's no way to like if you didn't know that that was that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even guessed. I just thought they were roommates who were friends, oh, you know. I would have the way they were very effete, and uh, the especially the pianist, you know, Philip, he was uh, not totally ephemerate, but their expressions, the way they move, the way they. You know their hands, a lot of a lot of ma maneuvers. Um, but anyway, I think it was uh, intellectual bravado that actually spurred them on 
to try to get uh, the professor up there because they like to live dangerously. And I, I'm speaking more of Brandon more than Philip because Philip was the neurotic, you know, uh, complainer. It was he was terrified of the whole thing. But Brandon, Harley Granger. He loved, yeah, he, he just loved to, uh, you know, to taunt people and, and rub it in their face. Like, we got a dead body, but you'll never find it. You know, that sort of thing. Or guess what we're up to. And guess what? They got caught anyway. But I didn't like the ending because of that. It was very um, unnatural. When when uh, Rupert leaned out the window, if I were one of those guys, I would have pushed him out. Because they just stood there. And they, the sirens in the distance, and they just were rooted in their spot. It just was so unnatural. I thought in real life, yeah. did you really do that? Well, He's done that badly that made me a that made me like real you know it, it's a film thing and this drives me crazy too when you know somebody's coming at you in a horror film and the people just stand there and like wait for the person to come and kill them and yeah. stuff and so that's what it sort of reminded me of and it's a film thing and it's sort of like okay i understand you want to get this great shot of uh, Jimmy Stewart sitting down, holding the gun at them on the on the trunk. Police are coming. You can hear people in the background, right. and then and then pull back, and you see all of them. And you see they're busted. Um, why are they just sitting there? I don't know. Why not run? Like who the fuck just stands there and waits for the cops? <laughs> like I know he's got the gun. Is he gonna? Is he gonna shoot right. them? I don't think so. So it's so interesting, Jonathan, like that you bring that part up, but it actually, I thought that right when Brandon was sitting there getting a drink, actually that scene, like, right. Like the cops are coming and, and Jimmy Stewart's sitting there. I actually thought it was well done because he's just like sort of resolved to the fact that cops are on the way I'm done. Like there's nothing to do at this point. So. Yeah. I guess not. if they ran, I mean, they're eventually going to get I, caught I, anyway. I, I, I mean, I guess it was more, it was less about the logistics of running away than more just this, okay, fine, I'm done. Yeah, I got caught. I don't buy that because I think Brandon was pretty brilliant. He could have found yeah. a way to pin it on the, the professor, Rupert, and say he killed him and he put him in there and then we mm -hmm. pushed him out the window because he tried to kill us or whatever. And Right. I mean, it's always a hope. And then, you know, the thing about the gun. He had it in his pocket. He never pulled it until the last second, and then he couldn't shoot him. And uh, and then uh, Rupert fired three shots out the window. And I was thinking, why three? And then we go, one went off on the struggle, but there was two left. Maybe that's why they didn't try to move on him, because he could have killed either one. There were two bullets left. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just yeah. grasping at straws here. <laughs> no, I, I get that. So, like, from my perspective... It's like if I was if I was Brandon and I did all this stuff and I realized I was caught at that point, I would be like, it's almost like control, right? I was like, oh, all right, fine. Okay, fine. I'm control of the situation. It was just sort of like an acceptance almost. So Right. It, it's okay. That is sort of that is sort of like the sociopathic thing to do. Right, it's like, like, you know, okay, you beat me, but you know what? You won't beat me. You know? Right, correct. It's like I'm controlling. That's the way I thought of it, and maybe maybe Hitchcock wasn't thinking that much <laughs> as much as we're talking about it right now. But that's the way that I perceived that last scene, where it was just like, yeah, like I'm in control now. I'm gonna get a drink. I'm caught. I'm done. I'm literally thinking it's all about that last shot. That last shot was gorgeous. Like it looked yeah, great it was, and everything. So I think it was literally he thought 
it would be really great to have this guy have his gun on them, have them be like, oh, well, we're busted. Who, really, you know, like nothing kidding. we can do now. And then, you know, that's it. And then it ends. And then you're right. like, going, okay, I guess the cops well, come, take him away, yeah, and they go to jail. That's the way that I took that last part. Do you see Rope 2? So many Hitchcock movies have the running man, you know, but uh, whether they're innocent or not, they always try to escape, but these guys just let it go. Um, So they're intellectual, they have bravado, but they're timid in action, and they just kind of threw up their hands. That kind of disappointed me. And let's go to the very beginning of the movie. Now, I didn't watch it twice like I usually do, but it seemed like it was so fake how they strangled this guy with a rope. Oh, Like, okay, he's standing up. They got a rope around him, and he's just going, and he goes, ah! He's like, are you kidding me? I felt really too quick, you know? Yes, that blew my mind from the very start. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm dissatisfied from the very beginning of it. (laughs) Well, once again, it goes to the play aspect of it, I think. It's to move along the story and to to not, you know, this movie is not, like we saw Frenzy, you know, and Frenzy is is more straight. The guy strangles the women and and stuff, and and that's yeah. more graphic and more wow. disturbing. This is not Frenzy. This is this is a movie where it's it's intellectual, it's political, it's all those right. thoughts. It's not it's psycho psychological, um, but it's not. Um, you know, it's not a horror film, you know, or anything, you know, it's not scary. It's not, you know, they're not trying, trying to, it's not about him getting killed more. So it's about them trying to uh, survive a night, like two hours of a night without, um, you know, uh, without getting caught. Um, right. I, I do want to bring up a couple cool sto- uh, stories. He said, um, in this book, and uh, um, I don't think you guys have heard this uh, one these uh, stories yet. So, um, uh, I'm, you know, uh, okay. So he, uh, Francis Truffaut said, I imagine that the fact that you were using color for the first time, this was his first color movie, by the way. So that's pretty cool. Oh, mm-hmm. um, for the first time, must have been. I uh, must have added to your difficulties. He said, yes, because I have determined to reduce the color to minimum. We have built the set of an apartment consisting of a living room, a hallway, and a section of the kitchen. The picture overlooked the New York skyline, and we had the background made up uh, up in a semi semicircular pattern so that this camera might swing around the room. To show that the proper perspective, the background was three times the size of the apartment decor itself. And between the set and the skyscrapers, we had some cloud formations made of of spun glass. Um, Let's see. uh, Each cloud was separate and mobile. Some were hung on invisible wires and others were on stands. Um, And they were all, uh, they were also set in a semi-circular pattern. Um, We had a special working plan designed for the clouds, and between reels, they were shifted from left to right. They were never actually shown in motion, but you must remember that the the camera wasn't always on the window, so whenever we changed the reels, the stagehands would shift each cloud into the position designated 
on our working plan. And as soon as a cloud reached the edge of the horizon, it would be taking off and another one would appear in the view of the window on the other side. Oh, really? So if you guys ever watch that movie again, look look in the background and watch the clouds change. Because yeah, okay. they, he was, and that's why he's a master because like most people would not do that for, for this kind of movie. They would just right. leave the clouds as is, whatever, because, yeah. you know, um, but I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was a really neat like thing. And I spun glass, you know, I, I just never would have like asked somebody to do that, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Like, nowadays it would be CGI clouds and shit. Right. And, and that's kind of annoying, you know. Um, yeah, he's he loves his detail. That's for sure. He's very exactly. Focused. It's very detailed, um, and and that made um, it kind of fun for this movie. Um, I, I look for I look for something in each movie that that is kind of interested me. He has a penchant for hands. I I notice in Lifeboat, they the close up of the hands, and and then in this one, Philip, the piano player. Uh, you know, he, he has beautiful music, right? And he loves to create and hands can create. They can also destroy. And so I, I, I saw the parallel between that and that this woman was saying, you know, I looking at your hands, she was kind of like a, an old gypsy or something. She said that you're, you're, you're meant for great things or, mm. or you're going to be, uh, you're going to have great fame. And I thought to myself, well, not in a good way, yeah. but uh, anyway, I, it's it's really interesting how he focuses in on stuff like this, and so I don't know. I, I had another thought, but it left me. So it's, it's okay. Um, oh, when do you think that Rupert uh, first started uh, feeling that they were the killers? What about you, Mark? What do you think? Yeah, great question. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I know exactly. Oh, my phone went off. Can you still hear me? Um, yeah. Okay. He he. When uh, the housekeeper gave him his hat, and it wasn't his, yeah. it was David. And he thought D H uh, or D K D K. So that was it. That was the clincher. So before that, he suspected, but then he actually knew that David was there. And they right. Were lying. So, but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so a, you caught that too, Mark, didn't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think the real question is it goes back to what was Rupert's intention for thinking this in the first place, right? Just because he thought that, you know, he was intellectually imagining what we like to kill people and Brandon and uh, the other guy were falling through with it. Like, I think that was my biggest thing. Like, it, it just, to me, my whole thing was, he made like a jump, right? Like from thinking about it, like, oh my gosh, these guys are killers. Right. So was, was, that, that was my biggest, well, probably my biggest I think, worry about I it. think Rupert knew Brandon. He was his student. So he's right, always up to something. He even said that. Right. You know, he did say that. Yes, you're right. So he suspected there was something afoot. Why did you invite me here? You know, right. and all this stuff. And then he, he saw how he toyed with people. It's like cat and mouse game, the whole thing, yeah. especially toward the end. Uh, and even Philip said, cat and mouse, who's the cat, who's the mouse? Right. No, no, so I, they I were, they were he... dueling. It was the dueling of wits between student and teacher. And I thought that was a great interplay. It was. So there were so many things going on throughout this movie, that, but you had to look for them. 
and uh, it was like uh, things within things within things. You know, a lot, a lot of different, uh, different uh, variables. No, but, I agree uh, with you. I think it was it was great that it was done like that. I just my issue is like the jump from baseline to oh my god, these guys are killing people. Like I think that was my biggest issue with. And and I yeah. I agree with that. And what I would say is in the beginning of the in beginning when you first meet him, which is like. 28 minutes into the movie like it it's not quickly it's like gradually right. you finally meet rupert and he comes in there and he's joking the whole time with everybody uh right. there was a line where uh you know he's talking to janet and he says brandon's spoken of you and she goes did you did he do me justice and he says do you deserve <laughs> justice and i was like Damn, dude! Like from the very, like, what is wrong with you, brother? Like, you know, and he's doing that in the beginning, and he's talking, he's he's making all these quips, and uh, he's the the lady says that um, uh, says, oh, I remember you like this certain food, and he goes, oh, I don't like it anymore, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's like, I'm just I'm just playing with you, and she's like, you know, she says something like, you're 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 so bad. You know, or or whatever, and I'm like, he's a dick. <laughs> like he's being a dick from the very start. You know, when you first meet him, like, why is he acting like that? And then he later does, kind of, he sees the question of, um, uh, he sees the question of like, should we kill people? Should we not kill people? And then it becomes more of like him doing a guessing game of like, why am I here kind of thing, but it's pretty quick. So Mark, I think you had something to say about that. No, I, I think that's it. I think, yeah, it was, um, listen, Jimmy Stewart has this, uh, when he's word gravitas, right? The moment he's on anything, it's like, wow, Jimmy Stewart. You know what I mean? It's like Cary Grant in, this, in that time as well, Catherine Hepburn, right? So I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I think it was just my, my biggest issue was the jump where he was kind of just jumping from somebody who was a teacher to somebody who was investigating a murder. Yeah, so. detective. <laughs> right. Exactly. Went from professor to detective in like right, you know, exactly. so, a couple more couple of minutes flat. Um, yes. They did mention Cary Grant in the movie. They did? And a, that was Angry cool. Bergman. And so they mentioned basically his movie, uh, Hitchcock's <laughs> movie, Notorious. Right. And she's like, the something of the something – and then there, or it was just plain something, <laughs> and that became like a running joke. You yeah, know? right, right, Larry. Yeah, well, you normally see Jimmy Stewart and you know being uh, like in Harvey, uh, the good guy, like, like yeah. uh, you know, I, I, and then he rarely see him like this. This mm. was more of his acerbic self. Now I don't think it was that way in real life, but he was playing uh, against type. And All right. So anyway, it was kind of interesting to see him do that. Um, I was reading some of the uh, reviews from people, and they didn't like that. Some of them, uh, this is not the Jimmy Stewart we know. You know, they hate it when you do something totally different. But actors love, you know, playing against type to prove they can do it. Well, they do it more so now than they did back in the like fifties. Exactly. In right. the fifties, it was not not really. From what I remember hearing. The the in the fifties and forties and whatever, uh, and probably earlier too, um, the, the even the studios didn't want somebody to play like if you were a good guy you couldn't play a bad guy because it would confuse the audience because the audience is like going there to see Jimmy Stewart be a 
good guy. And then if they see him be a bad guy, they're a little like, wait, what, what what's going on? I, I'm confused. What, uh, like, are we supposed to be rooting for him? Are we not? And mm -hmm. um, because I guess they treated uh, audiences dumber back then, you know, a little bit, you know, and, and nowadays, nowadays, everybody can play whatever they want. You know, in fact, they love to do that. So. Yeah, they like their prototypes. I think at the very end, he became the good guy, though, because he said uh, to Brandon, he says, I'm ashamed for my theoretical concepts. I wouldn't ever act on them. But you have twisted them into something ugly and acted on your belief. I don't have the capacity to do that. I have an obligation to the society I belong to. How dare you feel privileged to disobey society's more? So that was right before he shot the the gun out the window but that was a yeah, great monologue a yeah my well, god yeah. it just i think he became a good guy throughout it you know like i think it was a little bit but you're right it was a quicker good guy thing because at first he is talking about the murders and how like uh cut a throat week you know and stuff and how that's okay but he's saying it here's the thing like he even says it like in that that big monologue it's the difference between thinking it and actually doing it, you know, like saying, exactly. I, you know, I think that this should happen, but I don't know. He would never do it because it's against society and law and, and the, the world we live in, you know, we're not really supposed to do that. Now, if he were told by society, okay, there is a cut, a cut of throat week, then he would probably justify fight and probably do it. But since we can't, you know, you're not allowed to do it and you shouldn't do it and everything. And um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So they were comparing Hitler to the intellectual superior class. Brandon said, oh, Hitler was a moron. <laughs> <laughs> like, so anyway, there, there, he was putting him in his place. And so I think Hitler was dead it. by then. Right. Well, yeah. I don't think Hitler saw this movie and was like, Try. no, I don't think so. I don't think he would have liked it very much. Yeah. Or maybe would have. I don't know. I don't mean he uh, would have. <laughs> might have. I don't but, know. Uh, he looks, uh, uh, it was a Hitchcock snarky, um, oh you know, God. stuff. I, um, Hitler had a dark streak, didn't he? He loved to pull your nose. Hitler? <laughs> I think Did I say Hitler? No, no, I'm talking about Hitchcock. Did I say Hitler? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you said Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a pretty dark streak there, buddy. <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm I have dementia. It's okay. No, it's, you were just talking about Hitler, so you didn't think Hitchcock, but Hitchcock, Hitler, the there's an H in the names and an I. All right, and he, a T. He dogs. Hit. <laughs> You know, whatever. But there's a big, there's a big difference, and you know, um, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Hitch, Hitch, Hitchcock loved to, uh, you know, just uh, play with you a little bit, and uh, so did Brandon. <laughs> but uh, Brandon's so messed up, man. Um, so, I didn't know that actor, by the way. If you guys know that actor, John Dahl. I read a little bit about him. I'm not sure I've seen him in anything, but they. Uh, they they didn't care much for the Philip character. Like he oh. was kind of an insignificant actor. I thought Farley he was okay. Ranger. He was great in uh, Strangers I, on a Train. He was the freaking lead. Like well, he was the bad okay. guy in that. 
No, I'm just saying what people were saying about him. Everybody has a different opinion, but he's going to see some of the reviews. It's so controversial, this movie. My God. the bad guy? Was he the nothing? I think he was not the bad guy in that. Um, He was... uh... No, he was guy in that. Yeah, the other one, Bruno, was the bad guy. But you know, yeah, he was the exactly. Yeah, right. um, but, but he, no, he played a good part. Yeah, uh, he was great in it. I I don't recall uh, the other guy, the John Ball character, but uh, Brandon. All the other yeah. actors seemed also like people I never really knew. No, they, they were. weren't really known. The the older lady, especially. Um, she was she was my favorite character though. I loved her. I was like, oh, you mean the maid, Mrs. Wilson? Yes, Mrs. Wilson. Yeah, Mrs. I loved her. I loved it when she started loading <laughs> up the dishes and taking the stuff off the chest, and then putting the books on the floor, and then yes. Rupert comes over there and starts to lift it up. Yeah, he <laughs> wants it because he already knows it's in there. What's in there? Did you guys oh catch God. that? He loved that suspense. He he got us on that one. I oh thought, yeah. Oh my God, here we go, and it didn't happen, but okay. uh, that was pretty good. A uh, couple elements of suspense in there, mm-hmm. and uh, and then she gave him the wrong hat, of course, and then she came back after she had already left, and I think I... she heard some of their conversation. Remember when everybody left the party, and then she came back up. I don't think and... she heard it. Yeah. I, I I just. I yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. But I, I don't think they... she heard it. I think because he did tell her, tell him, Shh, you know, she's still here or whatever. Right, right. They were worried about it. Um, yeah, but I don't think, I think was... she would have. Yeah, she would have said something. Yeah, uh, I mean, worried. she I wasn't even was... questioning the fact that they wanted her to come back the next day. So I yeah, don't think. Didn't think. I don't think she had the sense to say anything or to not say anything because, um, yeah. you know. But anyway, but who's your favorite character, Mark? Uh, you know, I actually really did like Brandon. I really liked, I was like trying to really, <laughs> maybe not the popular choice, but like I definitely was trying to like watch him and the actor that played him on how he was acting. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking. So, is, yeah. it, is it wrong that I wanted him to win? Like I <laughs> wanted him to, I didn't want the guy to. Yeah, right. I didn't want them to get caught. Like, get I wanted them to, to get away with oh. it, you know? You, you need therapy, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I like, I like David, actually, the best. He, he didn't say much, but damn. He was just, he, he <laughs> All he said was, ah! ah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was his, that was his one line. It was from an acting perspective. I was watching the character, the the actor that played Brandon, and like thinking how they took it all in, and just was very Shakespearean in his approach, and just all of it. So I think I was just more focused on that part of it. I I was uh, my least favorite character, unfortunately, was Kenneth, Um, just because I feel like they didn't give him much to work with. You know, I felt like these. I mean, I, I I get why he was there. He was there to kind of be a distraction for things and for uh, them to look like they were setting them up together. But really the big yeah. main course was the fact that there was a, you know, there was a bot, the body of her uh, fiance. And um, I mean, you know, even that ending doesn't seem satisfying because I would have loved to see more of what happened to them and how they had to like talk to the dad now, you know, and like, the dad sees that they were there right. you know like i would have loved all of that 
And I, I have a feeling if they ever remade this movie, like that would be more of what they would do is like expand upon what happens after these two got caught, you know, and stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah. I, I would have loved. I mean, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, um, I really enjoyed the, the older man, the Mr. Kentley, I think was his name. And I just felt so bad for him that Brandon was just so vicious. And, uh, you know, his son is dead in the same room. And he gives him a, the rope they strangle him with and tie the book. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's just yeah. like. It's like, it here's your parting gift for the murder that I did on your son. You know. It reminded uh, me of high school. Well, so, that, that's, was, that's what I it was. was. Yeah, these guys were just, you know, just evil students and just uh sophomoric well um, yeah they they never grew up past that you know age of like doing double crossing and doing these nasty things to each other you mm-hmm. know um exactly they just did it it's just the idea that they're adults now and so it's right. the stakes are higher you know right. it's more dangerous mm-hmm. to be around these people because they have graduated from not just from school, but from doing mediocre shit. And even Jimmy Stewart points that out at one point. And it's like, uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he used to do all these, you know, like, uh, Brandon used to do all these bad things. And now, but now he's graduated to like worse, the worst of the worst. That's terrible. Yeah. He he said something about that. I, he said, you, you, you know, in school, you would do all these pranks. He said, well, now that I'm, you know, an adult or he said, you'd find a way, you know, yeah, to do it. find so a way. He was up. He was on to him. Yeah. So which, uh, which I, I, I agree with Mark as to the fact of like, it should have been a little bit more gradual and stuff of like, of the thing, instead of him becoming detective, like. He got a detective the second he saw the uh, the stuff they were eating off of the, the chest. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, who would have even thought, like, why well, not put it on the chest? Like, It's because they invited him. And he thought, I'm not a good fit for this party. So maybe they invited me because I'm a suspicious type. You know, you know what movie was based on this? The Glass Onion. They invited the inspector. Uh-huh. Because the guy thought he was smarter than the inspector, and he's the one that got caught too. It's the same damn thing. Well, no, that's a little bit different. Um, she wasn't invited uh, by the main guy. In fact, he was not. Uh, he was. Okay. He got an extra invitation. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but he got that's an extra. Right. I did see it. You're right. Yeah. But he did get an extra invitation by somebody else, and oh, I don't want right. to spoil yeah. anything. So that yeah, was a really good that. movie, but it was. Yeah, I can see the. Okay, you're right. Have it you seen it, Mark? Different. The Glass Onion. I've not. No, I have not. Have you oh, seen yeah, Knives Out? I've not seen Knives Out either. No. Yeah, Knives it's Out is great, and Glass heard... Onion's okay. It's got the same, same guy. But, you know, too fast. It's too fast for me. It was just made my head spin. But uh, anyways, kind of based on similar lines in some respect for revenge, and but uh, anyway, but. The, the, uh, she brings an inspector who's famous the world over, like Columbo always solves his cases. And and so she brings him. He wasn't invited. You're right, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, but he does. Uh, anyway, I won't want to spoil it. Yeah. Don't. Uh, 
Okay. No, just for Mark, because I think Mark would not like quite, to see yeah, it. Yeah, it's That's not quite the same thing. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> He's shaking his head, so I don't know. No, I definitely want to see it for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I like it. Okay, so um I I mean honestly when I when I looked back at this movie and, and saw it again, like I hadn't seen it since I think I first saw it, you know, it's like maybe my second or third time watching viewing the film. And um it, it is my biggest problem is it's very talky because it's a play. So it yeah. is a little slow at times. And so the normal natural person watching this movie may be turned off by the slowness of it and stuff. But honestly, I mean, Mark, do you think this could be remade today in a way? Um, <laughs> I don't think any of the films from the 40s and 50s can be remade today. But I feel like people are just too much focused on um, attention deficits. So I'm not sure, like... I mean, like, listen, my favorite movie of all time is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? Which, you know, oh. obviously. So it's just, and if, if we were to remake that movie today, which, God forbid, we would never do that, like, I couldn't imagine doing it because there was just so much dialogue and so much back and forth that I, I don't think it could be done today. Well, it, it wouldn't be done the same way either. So it, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like them doing it, and nobody can replace Jack Nicholson in that role. No, of course, you know, right. freaking, but, I, I, I got to meet Brad Dorf, um, who's oh, in that, nice. and uh, I, forgot, did I, I think I asked him about it, or at least I told him I saw it. You I know, mean, like, so could they have made Rope today? Yes, it would be a bunch of killing, and I just can't even, like, there could be a whole, like, comedy routine about how they could make Rope today, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think they could do it today. Yeah, you're, you're right, Mark. Um, they've yep. dumbed things down since the 40s. They used to be, you know, more intellectual. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, uh, who can we kill in the next five minutes? That's right. Or, or yeah, or blow up or or right. whatever. Or like, it's more about blockbusters than it really That's is right. about, you know, it's about putting asses in the seats than it's about giving some, you know, giving people something smart to to talk about you know yeah they they i don't even know have there even been any movies like where people have been intellectually con you know conversing i don't know maybe in a steven spielberg movie a little bit you know like you know some of his newer stuff but uh honestly i don't think so because it it just doesn't feel the same as it did but then again um film kind of is just like life it, everything pushes forward and things right. you don't really generally go backwards you know um sometimes there's something like nostalgic or whatever and they do it and it and it's back to like the basic roots or whatever but that only lasts for like you know a movie or something you know right right of course barely ever they'll they, they won't go oh that's a great idea let's bring that back you know <sighs> Because right. they should, there should be a lot that gets brought back. But we kind of live in a world right now where it's it's more like we want to get rid of history, you right. know, and everything, and we want to make our own history now, you know. Then we want um to to look back at stuff, and it kind of sucks. I don't really like that, but that's the way it is right now. And that's probably the way it's going to be for a while until something else comes along to, to change things up. Yeah. People want to feel, they don't want to think 
when they go to theaters. And usually it's fear that they want more than anything else. They don't want sentimentality. That's why Um, horror is doing so well these days. It used to not. It used to be, you know, you you were looked down upon if you made a horror film or if you even watched a horror film. Like people are like snubbed their nose at you. That was and that's why I'm I'm so surprised the Academy is still like there must be some old 80 year olds in the Academy like that are 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 still controlling it because horror isn't even like, you know, allowed in the um, stuff. But I have a feeling next 10 to 15 years, quote me on that next 10 to 15 years, there's going to be horror films all over yeah. you know because that's yeah. what they do these days you right. know my eighties I'll make sure of it what <laughs> you'll make sure oh of it God. when I'm in the academy yeah. in my eighties ten years <laughs> say Larry's leading the charge say, for that so. I'm gonna flood this place with horror films no you I'm should. joking but thank you I should I only your movies Jonathan okay <laughs> Um, I'll appreciate that. Um, you know, it's funny because we talked earlier about the the greatest suspense scene in the movie, which was where she was taking off all the stuff off the right. thing, and they're just chatting. <laughs> and the way the camera is shot, you can see her kind of do that. There's a couple of really great shots, but I'm gonna mention that one. And like, she comes back, and every single time, I'm like thinking, "Oh God, is somebody gonna say something? Like, say something." Like, don't let her open the trunk. What are you doing? You know, right? Like, it was getting me um, at that point. And then there was another great shot where, uh, uh, what is it? The uh, Brandon goes into uh, the kitchen or whatever, and the door kind of opens up and then closes and opens up and closes, you know? And you can kind of see each time he's doing something different. Like, he's opening up the drawer. He's getting something out. And I was just like, that is freaking cool, you know? Right. Like, sure. what, how awesome is a, is a director to think that way? You know, let's get a, a door that goes open up, so then, you know, closes, opens up and closes so that mm-hmm. the audience can, it's only like a, you know, couple seconds, but it's still enough where yeah, yeah. you're just like, that's True. pretty neat, mm-hmm. you know? Great shots. Yeah. Um, and And Mark, you said earlier that, this wasn't a movie that you really like would probably watch again necessarily unless you had to do something. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was okay. Like, yeah, like I'm not, listen, I'm a big fan of rear window. It's one of my favorites. And I actually do like the trouble with Harry a lot. So I, I appreciate us talking about that last year. Um, yeah. Rope is not one of my favorite Hitchcock films, but I can appreciate it. We'll have you back for rear window. How about that? Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause that's, is that your favorite Hitchcock? It is actually, yes. It is. Uh, or Notorious is actually probably as well. So. I think we already did that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, so those, those two are my favorite. But like, okay, Rope is okay. It's not like the other one, Jonathan. I, I make fun of you all the time, but like, what the, what's the one you made me watch? High Strung? High Strung, yes. So like, so, it's not like that. That's the one. I, I get in trouble with, and it's for Quick Review Thursday, apparently. <laughs> But I got in trouble with Paul because I picked a movie called Eight Days a Week. And Paul was like watching it going, like hating it with me. And he going, are you punishing me for all the stuff I put you through? And I'm like, I wasn't planning on it, but if it's working, awesome. 
so yeah so so rope is like yes i enjoy it it was good the other one high strong is definitely on a punishment level there on so. the punishment level yeah yes, you. you know i liked it but see i mean what i like and what other people like a lot of times is different you know or whatever yeah, and, and that's was, cool yeah, um no, i appreciate what it was i mean yeah um, yeah. yeah you got a chance to watch it you can say yeah. now you've seen it that's right whether or not you want to admit it you know it was okay it's, it was okay like i said i like i said trouble with harry um notorious and uh rear window definitely much higher i was talking about high strung you can say you oh, see it, but you know, yes. and, and whether or not you Sorry, want to. I'm, I'm having an actual visceral reaction to you mentioning high strings. <laughs> um, Larry, I, I made you watch something terrible. Oh, I did. Yes, I, I did. Oh my god, we had a uh, we had. I picked a movie that had a lot of nudity in it, that um, and sex and stuff that we and his 14 year old at the time daughter watched and that was awkward as hell you know yeah well yeah. well i mean she I, I told her do you want me to turn this off and we can watch something else and she was like no it's fine and i was like oh, <laughs> she's God. a trooper i know she did it but now that's the most well, cringy thing i ever did the, um, i the, the worst than that was paul making us watch <laughs> all those terrible kid movies oh they're awful you didn't Just, like fun in balloon land and no i did or, not or or santa claus meets the ice cream bunny they had no com nothing worthy of watching at all um it, it was just a torment just to try to sit through them and then then talk about them and then we found out that the guy was doing the kid movies is also a porn director and is uh, at night. Yeah, so, Dave Dakota. Yeah, he did uh, yeah, a lot of that. He wore uh, two hats, uh, black and white. So anyway, that was not fun. Yeah. But, uh, was, well, I mean, Bonnie finally pulled the plug on that one. Uh, yeah, understandably. And then he was asking about little stinkers recently, and I said, you know, well, we'd have to get somebody else because Bonnie's not a kid anymore. So yeah. you know, we'd have to get another father yeah. or son. Or father daughter. Yeah, thing. there you go. Carry yeah. the torch. Yeah, carry carry the to the next season to somebody else, and and that is cool. Like, fine, you know. Um, we were very glad. I, I, I mean, I told Paul, this is your thing, not mine. Don't bring me into it. I didn't. I didn't want Larry doing this. And then after you were done with it, I was like, let's do Hook on Hitchcock because I think right. you want to watch better movies. Great choice. I love it. Yeah. This is like a yeah, master's class in filmmaking, you know, film watching. So I, I do a theme, uh, a term paper for every movie we've watched. Pretty much. You write a lot of notes down. And yeah, stuff, I do. I type so. them up. Like I have a big book, a uh, big collection in my notebook. Do you? Okay. I, I didn't do. know you made a, put them all together. Okay. Cool. Publish it. You should. <laughs> the uh, Hitchcock essays, you know. That, yeah. That You know, you can do a part one and a part two. Yes, yeah. we've got we got we're still gonna do this season, and then I think two more seasons because more. that'll be all the all yeah. of it left. So five um, seasons that'd be great. Five seasons of this, but I, I've realized a lot of times I want to do just five seasons of shows because, like, after a while, it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, right? 
Yeah, Mark, you uh, you've got a show. Let's uh, let's go into that a little bit. Uh, I I heard you're bringing back uh, your show. I'm trying, um, trying with Brainborough, right? Like, and Larry, of course, was on the show in the first season, I believe. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, so I'm trying to do it. So it's it's a lot of work, as you know, Jonathan. I'm putting the stuff out there. It's about editing and putting it out there. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work. So, um. Brainboro, I'm happy to say we've had 75 episodes, so I wow. think that I think it's um, yeah, yeah, amazing, I, bravo, it's um, it's um worth it to, you know, I have some people like um, other people like that are that are in the industry that like are, are going to come back on the show, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. So it is a lot of work. Um, it is. I do you know interview that very shows well, too. Jonathan. Yeah, I do interview shows too. So. Getting guests, booking guests, you know, and stuff. And I really appreciate you, Mark, because you are a person that we could always count on that we know will show up and, and do this with us and everything. I love it, man. I love, I love Jonathan, the amount of shows that I've been on with you, um, whether it's hooked on Hitchcock or just like anything else that we've done. So like, Indie I Film just, Cafe, where you reviewed uh, <laughs> Crack in the Floor. Yes. All we were just stuff. talking like, about that, too, because I had Joe uh gonzalez on um the yeah. show uh the other day for uh patreon only and we we're talking i was trying to look up what she had done for indie film cafe she'd only done one she'd only done the crack on oh, the floor so, but she's been in a bunch of other right. podcasts yeah, so. so like yeah I, lo I love um i'm happy to do whatever you need me to do and like <laughs> oh don't worry we'll, we'll keep asking you to you to come back well and i actually like to have legit conversations about this stuff and like hooked on hitchcock you know obviously larry and i have worked together um in the night of the zongles it's a chance to always reconnect with him so i really appreciate that as well you know was there um yeah. oh go ahead you larry that was a flaming hit <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> It was uh, great though. It was great because Larry, Larry and I had a chance to like ad lib and do all sorts of things together. <laughs> I heard about that. Like I heard that's how you guys got to work together. You know, got to work yeah, together, and it was it was a lot of ad libbing, a lot of fun, kind of joking around. And he's my yeah. son-in-law. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it was fun. It was it was fun to be able to work with Larry. I appreciated that. Great. Um. So. Uh, I was like, was there anything else? Like, because I know you said you, there were things you wanted to talk about, Mark, for this uh, show, um, for this particular for rope. Was there anything that you may have written down or that you didn't get a chance to to say? No, I think we covered it. I appreciate it. I, I love this um, format, and um, again, Jonathan, unlike some of the um with the Garrett DC film and things like that. Like I actually appreciate the hooked on Hitchcock because it's a chance to really go on some classics with you and Larry. And I appreciate it very much. Yeah. I, I like diving into classics. Uh, the, the reason we picked H uh, Hitchcock anyway was, uh, well, at least the reason why I brought it up to Larry was I was at Larry's house once and we just did a um, video or whatever together. And we we're talking about uh, Hitchcock. We just did a whole thing on Hitchcock and he was shocked I, I knew as much as i did but that's because you know i did a, do a deep dive into hitchcock at one point and was really you know a fan and just because i i started noticing things when i watched his movies like with psycho being like the first one i really 
that really hooked me, you know? And so, yeah. uh, of course that was our, our season one finale, you know? And, uh, and so each finale is a big, uh, movie is a big hit from him. So this year, <clears throat> um, this year was, uh, uh, or last year was, uh, Vertigo next right. and uh, this year. It's going to be, uh, I believe it's going to be North by Northwest this year. Um, and then, uh, I think the, the fourth season will be, the ending will be rear window because, you know, don't quote me on that because we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. So I guess you'll be in the season finale of, uh, there because we'd definitely love to have you back, uh, for that discussion. Um, As long as you're still on social media, I'm still in contact with you, you know, (laughs) Everything yes, about it. We don't know what connected. the future is going to hold for the world, you know. We don't know. Like, social media may die one day, and we're like, "What are we going to do now?" Yeah, that is very true. You're right. Makes sense. You really don't know. No, I know. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> scary. Um, so Talk Larry, uh, what what else have you been up to? Do you have stuff going on? Oh my God, yes. I I think uh, Mark and both of you are going to really appreciate this. It's a short film. I'm going to work with a person called, his name is Lawrence Whitener. Uh, he goes by Larry, so he goes by Larry 2. <laughs> I'm Larry 1. Oh. So uh, I met him uh, back east when I was there several years ago. Worked on uh, uh, Carlos Borloff had a show, and uh, we worked on it. And now he's here. He's a award-winning screenwriter and director. And he wants to do a short film and have me as the lead. I'm a guy that uh, I shouldn't say too much, but um, I have this accident and I kill someone. And then um, I end up trapped in a phone booth. And uh, it's it's kind of philosophical in a way and kind of surrealistic in another way. And he blends the two together and it's creepy and it's uh, exhilarating at the same time. So uh, we're going to do that in a few weeks. And then after that, I'm going to work probably with uh, Sean C. Phillips on a movie in Nevada. And nice. Then after yeah. That, uh, Desert go, Fiends. Uh, yeah, I got something in Alabama. I got something in Virginia with you know who, yourself. And then somebody, Yeah, we got stuff still we're planning, we're doing so, with you. Yeah, working with uh, Pan Man 2s coming up in Massachusetts and working with Daniel Emery Taylor in Alabama. Nice. I, I play this strange character that I never played before, so it's it's exciting to play a different type of character. Sounds right up your alley. Kind of a John Waters type. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. God. Yeah, oh. I know. But anyway, it, it's fun. Anyway, that's it's going to be a fun year. So. That's great. I'm I'm so like happy and thrilled about everything because there's this year alone has been very very busy um and stuff. So already and the year just began. So you know, yeah, we know. got we got a lot going on, especially in Indie Film Cafe Network. We got a ton of podcasts coming up and and whatnot in March. March uh we're just relaunching seasons of different shows, so um, we got like 80s 80s horror films coming back we got uh horror film lovers coming back we got this coming back we got, you know what i mean yeah a whole bunch and and stuff so it's incredible. It's, yeah it's gonna be a busy year and um uh but yeah i will definitely have mark back uh 
for special guests and stuff if he's uh free at times or whatever and uh and then we'll have you back uh larry for more stuff too not just hooked on hitchcock but hopefully some more podcasts too if you ever get time you know oh yeah i'll be glad to yeah yeah mark, love yeah, mark is incredible uh analytically and just i really enjoy your show and the one that you have and 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 our on ours as well my god you add a lot to it so, yeah well i appreciate being involved thank you larry i appreciate you sure. uh, and, and i look forward to these uh conversations uh in 2023 yeah, for sure yeah you're a great Definitely. fit yeah <laughs> that's, that's uh great to and in glow. <laughs> all right and well yes well thank right. you larry and and thank you mark uh this has been wonderful and thank you audience uh everybody that's checking this out um check us out on the interwebs uh we are on facebook uh facebook instagram i'm not sure if hooked on hitchcock is just google hooked on hitchcock and i guarantee you everything will pop up or something you know uh podcast is on indiefilmcafe.popping.com or you can check out indiefilmcafe.reviews where you know a lot of stuff going on there too um and I think that's about it. There's just not really much else to discuss. Uh, check out Rope if you haven't watched it yet, though. We did spoil the whole movie for you. So <laughs> if you hadn't seen it, then you just did in your head, I hope. Um, <laughs> you know, unless you're very confused. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, like we all are. We all are. Uh, it happens. All right. Well, thank you guys for checking this out. Join us next month. What are we doing next month? I think uh, i had a list of it what did i what did i put on uh, i think we're doing the plan is to do the paradigm case oh and so never seen it. um i'm sure i don't think i have either so i'll have to look online i think you can actually find it on like youtube or something a lot of these films are available on online like if you deep dive search for it and stuff you can find like you did larry for this one so i think mm-hmm. because these are a lot of these are public should be public domain films or so because of it being like more than 30 years that you know or whatever 50 years whatever it is you know it becomes public domain 70 years i think it's supposed to be so maybe it's not that far yet close you know for a lot of these things so anywho thank you guys so much for joining us And check us out next week. Until then, everybody. Bye. Ah!